Welcome inside the first edition of our new interview series in which we will introduce you to the 2021 Bayheims Army. I'm Matt Bonaparte. Today with me is General Manager Kevin Belby. Kevin, thanks so much for being here. Matt, a pleasure to be here. A long time Fizz reader back uh, back in my day when I went to SU, had a, had a few good friends contribute to the Fizz. So Longtime fan, good to be chatting with you. Well, we love to hear that as a member of the Fizz. Uh, and you talk about your time at SU. You're an undergrad from 2009 to 2013. You're a men's basketball manager in that time as well. You get a law degree from Syracuse in 2016. Your brother Sean played for Syracuse, and you start Bayheim's Army. I think it's safe to say Syracuse is in your blood. Well, you know, that's that's part. That's a, it's a great thing, but it's also a problem. I'm going on vacation this weekend, and I go to pack, and in my closet, I only have orange clothes. So, <laughs> thankfully, I'm going to Austin, Texas for vacation. So, you know, it that works. orange can play yeah. a little bit. It's not burnt, but it can mm. play. Uh, but, yeah, certainly a great run at the Cuse and very near and dear to my and my family's hearts and lives. Well, first and foremost, can you take me through the story of how you started the team? If I'm right, it starts at Fagan's, Yeah. It does. Just like uh, a lot of good stories start at Fagan's. Uh, it's good research by you, which is basically, uh, you know, long, long story short, TBT was created in 2014. Um, it was a, it was an idea by just a couple of friends. One of them was a an attorney. One of them was a comedy writer in L.A. And they wow. said, hey, what would happen if we put a million dollars on the line, uh, winner take all for a basketball tournament? They both quit their jobs. They started this thing. I had a mutual contact through uh, New Jersey Basketball Connections, which is where I'm from. Tell me about it. Try to get me to start a Syracuse team. And honestly, I thought it was a scam. I thought it was too good to be true. <laughs> Did not start a team that first year. But that first year, again, summer 2014, a Notre Dame alumni team won it all. And, and at that point, I just I watched it on ESPNU, and I just said, if Notre Dame could do this, Syracuse can definitely do this and do it better. So it was really from a competitive aspect starting after that. And that summer, I uh, was on campus taking a couple courses, was at a, a good flip night, and I bumped into Eric Devendorf there, and he was trying to make a professional basketball comeback. He had hurt his back, I think, in New Zealand at the time. Um, and, you know, I, I he had heard about it, and he loved the idea. So he was really uh, the first guy in, as, long, as well as uh, Hakeem Work. Hakeem had played in that first year of the tournament on another team that his agent had put him in. So he was familiar with it, and he saw that what a, an alumni team could do, and I pitched him the idea, and, you know, he's just a cute guy for life, and he was in. So that was pretty much the start of it right there. And having that inside-outside combo with two of the most respected players in the last couple decades at Syracuse, um, that was the the birth of Bayham's Army. Gotcha. And and you mentioned Devo. What's it like to have a guy like him there from the beginning, a guy with so much personality and character? What does he add to the organization off the court? Everything. I mean, he, uh, you know, I think, you know, college for all of us, and I mean anyone who goes to college, right? They just say fastest four years of your life, and you think it's going to last forever until it doesn't. And I think it's the same thing for the guys that play on our team. Look, the guys are uh, no secrets spoiled, you know, with playing on ESPN every night, having thirty five thousand people cheer your name. Unfortunately, that doesn't last forever, um, just like college doesn't for the rest of us. Like I said, so what this does, it gives guys an opportunity to kind of relive the glory days, but stay connected to the university, stay connected to the community you know eric 
the, the school and the city means so much to him that he lives there full time. He's raised his two daughters there. And, you know, he's done a ton of stuff on the court, but so much more off the court, raising money for local charities, for local kids, coach drives, raising money for small businesses uh, through the pandemic. And, um, you know, he's become uh, a leader much more than a great basketball player. He's become a leader in the community, which has been really special to watch. And like we mentioned, during your time at Syracuse, you were a basketball manager. You were around the team uh, plenty. You were the head manager at, at the time you were a junior, which is incredibly impressive. How much does that experience help when it comes to recruiting guys to Bayheim's Army? You know, it's it's uh, it gives me just, I think, the credibility that, hey, I first of all, the Bayheim's truck, you know, know me and trust me and and thankfully allow us to use their last name uh, to don on our jerseys, which has been really cool. Um, and, you know, just being able to be comfortable with these guys. I mean, these guys are, are, have become uh, are just great friends and being around them for four years as a manager. And now having my younger brother, Sean, who played at Syracuse for five years and him being younger and knowing the younger guys, I think has helped uh, as well too. just getting guys to, uh, to play in this thing. And this season, more than others, we're seeing you guys bring in non-SU players. Obviously, it's not the first time Bayheim's Army has featured non-SU guys, but this year, I think it's more than before. Kiefer Sykes, Tyrese Rice, and DeAndre Kane are the ones we know so far, with potentially one more. Why is it that you guys go for these non-SU players, and are these the guys that are going to get you that $1 million prize? I sure hope so. That's the plan. You know, um, I always say that, look, we have a lot of fun playing in this thing, but we're not playing for fun. So, you know, we really want to do everything we can to leave no stone unturned to go out there and win the million dollars because there's no glory and there's no money in finishing in second place. We're very proud of the fact that we think we've built the best program in TBT history. We have the third most wins in the tournament and the best fan base, but we haven't gotten over the hump and won the whole thing. And look, I started this thing as a fan. You know, it's really kind of a dream job for me to be a fantasy basketball, you know, GM for Syracuse basketball players. And, uh, look, ideally in a perfect world, this would be a hundred percent Syracuse alumni team, but sadly it's not a perfect world. Right. So I would love Carmelo to play. I would love <laughs> to come play. You know, I'd love to Wesley Johnson to come out of retirement guys like Tyler Ennis and Rakeem Christmas, you know, they wanted to play and had basically committed to play, but, uh, you know, they have injuries that they're working through. Um, so, you know, it, uh, it's a bit of a, you know, trying to, trying to keep this thing fun for the fans and trying to keep it enjoyable. And we want to keep that Syracuse DNA and keep that Syracuse flavor. Um, again, that's what makes it fun to watch. That's what makes it a throwback for everybody. Right. So, yeah. uh, but having a couple guys round out the rest of the roster, I think is only going to help us. And it's, it's a bit common, you know, Marquette has, I think four guys who didn't go to Marquette, Ohio state similarly. Um, so, you know, this is, this is still a Syracuse alumni team, but I just say we've got a couple grad transfers on the team, um, uh, that'll <laughs> help hopefully get us over the hump. Yeah, and you mentioned talking to, or potentially talking to Wesley Johnson to come out of retirement yep. or, or Carmelo. I've always wondered, watching this tournament every year, how many guys do you reach out to and how many say no? And do you go after those big kahunas? Yeah, you know, listen, I have no problem going up to the best-looking girl at the bar and having her, tell, you know, have her tell me no, right? Like, I would rather, I would rather just go down swinging than um, to just let the, the ball go by and watch life go by. So, I have no problem, you know, asking these guys. And look, Dion, I know pretty well. We we were at school together, and um, again, it's but everybody has 
just like in life, like everybody has different things going on. You know, oftentimes these guys, they'll play nine months internationally, 10 months internationally in the summertime is the only time for their body to rest. And it's also the time, the only chance they have to go to Disney World with their kids. You know, some guys have weddings, some guys are injured, some guys, you know, just want to take the summer off and be on a beach and I don't blame them. Right. So everyone's in kind of different stages of their life. Like Wes Johnson, again, it would be amazing for him to play with, you know, fans would love it and I would love it. But he also has a lot of money in the bank from playing on the Lakers and the Clippers and the Timberwolves. And, you know, is it worth it for him to go get back in shape? Um, Not Mm -hmm. sure. You know, that's again, a decision that all these guys have to make. And, you know, again, if we're playing for a million dollars, I have to have, we have to have guys that are 100% committed, 100% all in, you know, and willing to do whatever it takes. And in a similar vein to the non-SU players on the roster, Jeremy Pope, the new coach, has a little bit of a stretch to a Syracuse connection. The only one is really that he was an assistant under Mike Hopkins when Hopkins was over uh, at Washington. He still is. Obviously, he was a former SU assistant. How did you find Jeremy Pope, and why is he the right guy for the job? Yeah, you, listen, uh, like you said, he's, he's connected to Hopkins, so the important thing is he knows the 2-3 zone very well. <laughs> so yep. that's always been a weapon that we've had in the back pocket, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll use it again. Uh, but that's important to have that stamp of approval because Hop is always going to be part of the Syracuse family. And, you know, um, Jeremy has a good relationship with Eric Devendorf as well as Adam Weitzman himself and out our team this year. And uh, as well as, as Tyler Ennison, his family with some Canadian ties there. So uh, we just felt like he was the guy for the job. He's young, he's hungry, passionate, organized, and is ready to, you know, to, to do what it takes for us to win. And overseas elite is not in the tournament this time around. That means less competition as they are four-time champions, but also means those players are available that usually play for that team. How does their absence change the landscape of the tournament? You know, it changes it pretty pretty drastically. You know, I think that uh, you know I have a ton of respect for those guys. Uh, I just think that what they've done in the grand scope of sports you know you don't see anybody winning four titles in a row you know again not to not to say this is the nfl but you don't see the patriots you know doing that despite you know how amazing their dynasty is i'm not taking away anything away from them but you know you see the best teams in the ncaa tournament this year every year don't win the tournament right because it's so hard to win six games in a row but to win six games in a row times four i mean it's it's really unfathomable what they did and um it you know it's a, I have again just a tremendous amount of respect for their success and and their program. Yeah, and I want to get a little bit creative now. Uh, you've been, of course, with this team since its inception, so you've seen every single dribble. Uh, that Bayheim's army has taken. I want you to to think back in all the years that you guys have played in the TBT. What is your all-time Bayheim's army starting five? So you can only use performances that those guys have had in the basketball tournament. What is your all-time starting five from Bayheim's army? Wow, that's a great question. I would say, you know, actually the the best point guard we've had is a, is a guy who didn't go to Syracuse the first two years. We had a guy, Willie Dean, who was um, a Purdue guy, and he was the only non-Cuse guy we had then. We really needed a point guard, and uh, he was he was like Tyler Ennis, but just a little bit older, you know. Gotcha. And, and I hope that Tyler plays for us going forward. I think that that's the plan, and but just a great floor general that made everybody else better. I mean, I can't not have uh, Eric Devendorf at uh, there you go. at shooting guard. You know, he's he's also been the only player to play in every TBT for us so far. 
um, which has been incredible. I mean, he, he really is Bayheim's army in a lot of ways. Uh, see, it's small forwards, but I mean, <laughs> it's a tough one. Thankfully, we've had a, a lot of good, a lot of good forwards um, play for us. You know, I think that probably the guy who's played the most, you know, uh, a lot of games and has had a lot of results and, you know, a former first-round pick, Dante Green. You know, I think he's been the guy that has won us games from the perimeter. But last year he also, I think, was the second-leading rebounder in TBT. So having that inside-outside presence of him, I think at the the power forward spot it would have to be Hakeem Warwick who just, you know, He's, he's done it all and, again, was there for us from the beginning. And every time he's played for us, no matter how old he is, he's one of our best players, and we just go to him as much as possible. The guy doesn't age. You know, I, and I think at the center spot, we had Arenze Anawaku in 2018, and, you know, he's coming off of a great season overseas, and he was basically unguardable inside uh, and really just dominated the paint. So I think that would probably be – you know, the all-time starting five that we've had. But, you know, we've had, a you know, thankfully, you know, there, there are guys, you can make the argument C.J. Fair is the best player at, you know, the best SU player. In the I would always SU. make that argument. Oh, like, yeah, and, and so that's a guy I didn't even mention. So we're talking about the best of the best guys, basically, to play at SU in the last 15 years. I mean, Brandon Trish is a great friend who is the all-time winningest player at Syracuse. I mean, there's just, there's so many guys, you know, Trevor Cooney was awesome for us and, two final fours at Syracuse, uh, really the only player to do that. So, I mean, I could just go on and on. John Gillen was an awesome guy for us at 26 points in his debut game, you know, in a, a game we really needed to win. So um, we've had we've had pretty much everybody in just an awesome kind of cast of characters. And, and it's been a different group every year, which I think has kept it fun and fresh for the fans as well. But we have some new guys playing this summer that i'm really excited to see that i think if we're talking a year from now they could sneak themselves into that all-time top five especially if they bring us a title you know malachi uh richardson played he did play for us last year but i just think he's got all the talent in the world and one of the best shooters i've ever seen and then you know in terms of big guys tyler light and chris mccullough are really going to change the game for us. so much skill at that size it's hard to compete with and they're going to be huge difference difference makers for us and a lot of the guys that you mention immediately throw memories into my head. And I feel like, above anything else, for fans, this tournament is a real nostalgia goldmine. Fans get to watch the guys who played 10 years ago. For someone like me, that's my childhood. So my question to you is, who were your favorite SU players or just college basketball players growing up? Yeah, well, look, I, I think <clears throat> when I, I, I hate to admit it, but you know, when I was growing up, you know, JJ Reddick was just taking oh, over brutal. the scene, and yeah, I know. I I got out of the, the the Duke fandom pretty quickly, but you know, he was he was a guy that you had to watch, yeah. love or hate. It was just incredible the things he did on the court, and you know, guys, kids these days they just know him as a role player in the NBA, but I mean, he really did anything and shot from anywhere on the court, and um, you know, but really, like in terms of Syracuse for me, it was Johnny Flynn. I mean, he was the guy that when I in high school knew I wanted to go to Syracuse. Uh, went and saw the Orange play a couple times. Saw them in the dome, and I saw them play at Rutgers. And you know, he's all of five foot nine. You know, maybe barely five foot nine, and you know, dunked over Mike Rosario and sent the whole place into uh, a frenzy. The whole place was packed with Syracuse fans. And you know, the six overtime game doesn't need to be. You know, we we all know exactly what that means. 
and uh, you know he he's the man. And uh, I think if not for his his hip injury, would have had a long, long, long run in the NBA, and and uh, could have seen him be really dominant dominant in TBT. But he's definitely my uh, favorite Syracuse player. And we've mentioned a couple times now that you were uh, a basketball manager for Syracuse. That means you were close to the head man himself, who the team is named after, Jim Beheim, of course. I want your favorite Beheim story. You know, I get this one a lot. Um, I don't, there, there, there are a lot of different ones. This, this is just, I think, a, a bit of a funny one. I'll give you a small funny one, which is that uh, first not funny, our senior night, uh, in 2013, played Georgetown, and we lost by almost 30 points with 35,000 people there. It was embarrassing. Um, it was a Saturday night on ESPN. The next day, Sunday, we had practice. It was also selection. Was it selection? Not selection Sunday. It was the week going into the Big East tournament. So uh, now we're heading into the Big East tournament. And again, keep in mind, this team winds up going to the Final Four, but we just lost by 20 to 30 points on senior night. Everybody's counting us out. So that Sunday, we um, uh, we have practice, and say it's at 2 o'clock. Um, the coaches are always there early, and there's no sign of the coaches. And at 2 o'clock, 2.05, 2.10, no coaches are around, 2.15. And I think Michael Carter-Williams and Brandon Trish, who were the starting guards at the time, they were like, hey, let's just run practice ourselves. Uh, the coaches aren't here, but we need to practice. We just lost by 30 points. So the guys basically just – we just start running practice, and the managers are helping rebound and helping the guys go through the drills. I mean, Beheim runs practice basically the same way every day, so we kind of knew how to do it on our own. And Beheim comes down at 3 o'clock with the other assistant coaches, and they're like, wow. You know, like kind of, kind of this urban legend came out of that practice, which is that, you know, the players wanted to take it on themselves to run their own practice – and, um, you know, again, we, we wound up going on a huge run. We made it to the Big East Tournament Championship, lost in overtime, went to the Final Four, incredible run, especially after, again, that crappy Georgetown game. But really it all happened because Beheim uh, obviously is, is in his 70s. He doesn't rock an Apple watch. He has an old-school watch. And it was daylight savings time that day, and he didn't change his old watch, and it was just an hour behind. So he was really on time for practice for his old watch, but he was an hour late because of daylight savings time and uh yeah i mean he does text and stuff he doesn't email but um but that you know that's just i think a funny story and uh you know just a favorite one of mine because just very special about that run we went on that uh that march to never be forgotten yeah that's great and my last question for you is if you can pinpoint one guy on the team this year who's going to surprise us this summer Who's going to surprise this summer? You know, I think I would say it's, uh, I think, Chris McCullough. Uh, I think, to me, he has the talent to be uh, not just in the NBA, but a starter in the NBA. And I think he's ready to prove that. And I think he's, so he's, I think he's going to surprise basketball fans overall, but surprise Syracuse fans as well, because the reality is he didn't, you know, he only played a handful of games before he tore his ACL and then left school. So, um, you know, we didn't really get to see the full range of his skills and all that he could do. And he was just a kid at, at the time at 18. And he, he's a grown man now and an incredibly talented player, incredibly skilled that I just think is going to be uh, a rock star in this tournament. I couldn't agree more. Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Make sure you head over to Twitter at Kevin Belby to follow Kevin and at Beheim's Army to follow the team. For more of our coverage, go to orangefizz.net or at orangefizz on Twitter. I'm Matt Bonaparte. See you next time.